Thank you, Mark. Let's pray. Father, would you open our hearts to your word and help us, Lord, to be on Jesus' team. Amen. Amen. Well, when I was at school, I loved PE. The chance to get out of the classroom and burn off some energy playing dodgeball or rounders or some other game. Often the class would be split into two teams and captains appointed for the task of picking their players. And as the most 40 people tended to be picked first, you could soon tell which team was going to win. And everything within me would be crying out to that team's captain, please pick me, pick me, because I want to be on that winning team. And of course, sometimes they did, and sometimes they didn't. They never knew, you never knew if the captain wanted you on their team. And if they didn't like you or they had their favourites, well, often you didn't get picked. But today we're thinking about Captain Jesus and about how he went about picking his team. And we're going to see how he wants people like you and me to join him, to be part of his team that he's building in this and every country all over the world today. So whether we're young or old, whether we're rich or poor, educated or uneducated, there is a place for us on Jesus' team, which is all very good news. That's what our theme of the term is, the good news that Jesus has for us. And to help us understand all this, we're going to break into two teams this morning. I wonder which team will win. We shall find out. There's my team and there's John's team. John, do you want to come up for a moment? I didn't tell you about this. If you can have this side of the church be your team, and I'll have this side of the church. Well, you want to swap? No, it's too late now. (laughs) And I've got some questions for us. And on the sheet you were given as you came in, do you want to find that sheet for me? Uh, You'll see we're going to have a couple of rounds of of a quiz together. And they're all based on the passage we've just heard read. Uh, So you don't have those questions up just yet. And what I need you to do, though, is put away the, 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 the other sheet. Put it under your chair, okay? So you ca- put the answers away under your chair. If you've got your phone out, your Bible, close it for a moment. Put, put the text un- away so you can't see it. This is a test. See, were you listening when Mark was reading the passage this morning? So I've got ten questions for us. And the idea is... Um, we're going to count up how many on each side got all the questions right. And well, that's better than the other side, okay? So that's the idea. Can, will there be those special chosen people amongst us who can get all ten questions right? And if none of you get them, we'll go, how do you many got nine right? And so on. Okay. So here are the questions for you. The first question is this. Uh, they'll come up on the screen now. What was the name of the lake where Jesus was teaching? What was the name of the lake? Okay, did you get it? Okay. Secondly, you can confer with those people next to you. Uh, What was Jesus teaching the people by the lake? What was he teaching? The third question, how many boats had the fishermen left by the shore? Yeah, okay. Question four. How did Jesus teach from the boat? Was he standing up or sitting down in the boat? Mm. Question five. How, uh, where did Jesus tell Simon to fish? 
And I'm looking for more than in the lake, okay? Oh. <laughs> On the land. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Question six. How many fish were caught? Question seven. I'm, I'm looking for a, a, no, not a number. I'm looking for the words that were used in the passage, okay? Uh, how many boats, question seven, did the fish fill? Okay. Six. And question eight. I'll go through these quite quickly. Looking at the catch of fish, were the fishermen, A, surprised, B, astonished, or C, bewildered? What was it? What, 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 what do we think? Question nine. How does Simon address Jesus before the miracle? What title does he use? And question 10, how does Simon address Jesus after the miracle? What title does he use then? I really, it's a real good test, isn't it, of, 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 of listening to the passage. Are we good listeners? Okay, I'll just give you a couple, uh, sort of 30 seconds just to sort of look over your questions. Okay. Here are the answers. Okay. So, what... And you're marking yourselves, yes. So, uh, what was the name of the lake where Jesus was teaching? The lake, on one side, it's called Gennesaret, but it's also known as the Lake of Galilee. But I was looking for Gennesaret because that's what was read to us in the passage. So, no, that's, so that'll test us, won't it? Okay. Question two. What was Jesus teaching? He was teaching the word of God. Question three. How many boats had the fishermen left by the shore? Two. How did Jesus teach from the boat? He was sitting down. Did you get that? Where did Jesus tell Simon to fish? In deep water. Anybody get that? And then the next set of questions, the next set of answers. Uh, how many fish were caught? A large number. So if you put lots, I'll accept lots. Okay. How many boats did the fish fill? Two. Well done. Uh, the disciples were astonished. Well, the fishermen, the disciples, were astonished. And how did Simon address Jesus as master? before the miracle, and after the miracle, he addresses him as Lord. Okay. Okay, those are our first round. Thank you, John, for the work. So how did we do, John's team? Uh, anybody get 10 out of 10? Oh, well done. Two, two three. So you had three people got 10 out of 10. On this side, how many got 10 out of 10? None. John teams, the winners of the first round. Well done. Okay. <laughs> I, had a, I had a certain amount of challenge in it. That's right. Well, when we look at the details of this short Bible passage, actually we find there's a lot to teach us about Captain Jesus. When Jesus speaks, he speaks the very words of God. That's why the crowds were drawn to him. There was something different about what Jesus taught. There was an authority to his words. There was power in them. People wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. It was different from anything else they had ever heard. And we see this power also 
in what Jesus tells Simon to do. He tells the fisherman how to fish, but he was trained as a carpenter. And although Simon, exhausted, and he was as all, having worked all night and not having caught a single fish, he goes out and fishes again because Jesus tells him to, because of the authority of Jesus' words. And because he trusted Jesus, even though he was the fisherman and he'd failed at his job, he was blessed beyond his wildest imagination because he trusted Jesus' words. And he had such a huge catch of fish that almost breaks the nets, we're told. Both boats were filled to the brim and the weight brought the boats down to to the waterline. They were almost sunk, almost so full that the sea came in and filled them. And it's Simon who helps us to make sense of what's taken place. He had addressed Jesus as master to begin with, but now he says, Lord, Lord. It's as if Simon, if you put Simon here, he starts off with Jesus here, but now suddenly he realizes that Jesus is much, much higher than he realized. And in fact, that he's not just in the presence of a great human being, a master of people, but somehow in the presence of God. And he bows before him because he realizes, beginning to grasp who Jesus is. It's as if he has in his mind a box like this, uh, where he thought, you know, Jesus was the sort of a master size, and that was the sort of size of the person Jesus was. But now he's got to get rid of that and realize he's got to get a much bigger box. In fact, maybe this Jesus is the sort of person you could never put into a box. And if our view of Jesus is too small, if we don't think, for example, that every part of the world is in his hands, then we need to get a much, much bigger box for Jesus. See, creation, these fish, they listen to him and march to his command. And this week we've seen world leaders taking more and more responsibility for the care of creation, which has been a, an encouraging thing. But ultimately, the fate of this world lies not in our hands, but in his hands, in the hands of Captain Jesus. And when we realize that, our first response should be like Simon's, to bow before him, because he is, well, God in human form, as the gospel goes on to tell us more about. What we have messed up, he will one day come and put right. So here is Jesus, captain, master, lord. Let's look now at what's involved in being on Captain Jesus' team. So second round of questions. John, if you could just come and support your team here. Uh, Here are sort of eight questions this time for us. Let's see how we do. Firstly, what does Simon ask Jesus to do? What does Simon ask Jesus to do? <laughs> Second question, fill in the blank. I am a mm man, said Peter. With what words does Jesus comfort Simon? What does he say to him? 
Question four, what job does Jesus have for Simon now? Question five, I gave the game away a moment ago. Uh, What other name is Simon known by? In fact, he's first given here by, actually Luke tells us his other name in the passage. And how many fishermen are named in the passage? How many fishermen are named? Okay. What did following Jesus involve for these fishermen? And in what chapter in Luke's gospel is today's passage to be found? Okay. Right. Here are the answers. What does Simon ask Jesus to do? To go away from me. What does Simon say? I am a sinful man. With what words does Jesus comfort Simon? Don't be afraid. What jobs does Jesus have for Simon? Fisher of people, fisher of men. What other name is Simon named by Peter? How many fishermen are named in the passage? Well, Simon, James, John, and Zebedee. Ah, you see. He got the four, well done. They left everything to follow Jesus. And it's found in chapter 5 of Luke's Gospel. Okay. Right, John's team. Anybody get 10 out of 10? No. My team, anybody get 10 out of 10? Yeah, oh, yeah, yes, yes, okay. Well done. Decided. No, it was, it's, it's all very happy there wasn't a winning team on, that occa- on this occasion. Two round. A Christian, a Christian draw. There we are. <laughs> there we go. So, what sort of people does Captain Jesus want on his team? Well, first, people that he calls onto his team are ordinary fishermen, not princes or priests or politicians, just ordinary people working really hard to make ends meet. And actually, they'd had a really hard night, hadn't they? It'd been a really bad uh, night's fishing. Neither does Jesus call good people people who've got everything sorted, Jesus invites onto his team those who admit that they are sinful. People like Simon Peter who say, do you know, Lord, I have sinned. Those who've broken God's commandment, commandments like do not lie, do not steal, do not make for yourself an idol, put something in place of God in your life. It's not he wants us to stay like that, He wants to save that which needs saving, to restore that which needs broken, to bring home to his Father in heaven those who have lost their way. He wants to bring humanity onto his team, but it involves admitting that we've, where we've fallen short, where that relationship with God is broken. But he's come to restore it, but he can only do it if we join his team. And, you know, sometimes the closer you get to know somebody that you admire, well, perhaps it sometimes brings a degree of disillusionment when you get to know somebody with all the warts. But actually with Jesus, the exact opposite happens. The closer you get to him, the more frightfully awesome we discover him to be. The blazing light of Jesus shines into the dark corner of our lives, and we realize that when we look at him, there's filthy rags inside. And... He makes us, and that's sometimes where we, a bit like Peter, we, we say, oh, go away from me, Lord, because I, I'm not fit to be in your presence. But what does Jesus say to him? 
do not be afraid. I've come for you. I want you to be on my team. Simon thinks Jesus would want nothing to do with him, but Jesus has come for people like him and for people like you and me. So, if we admit our need of him, our need of a saviour, we can be on his team too. And Simon, Peter, James and John were told left everything and followed Jesus. They knew that following Jesus meant putting his plans first in their lives. To be on his team meant going wherever the captain led, doing whatever the captain said, and they couldn't be fishermen and still do that. So Jesus wants his first team to shadow him, to look and to learn. And while their calling was unique, everyone who follows Jesus today is still called to put him first, above all else. And if Jesus asked us to leave everything behind, well, and follow him, then we actually, for some of us, maybe that's what we need to do. Coming back to our boxes, uh, or box here, uh, Simon's life without Jesus looked a bit like this small box. He expects to spend a bit less of his life rest of his life being a fisherman. But actually by following Jesus, well, he needed to get a, actually a bigger box for his own life and discover it's the greatest adventure of your life to follow Jesus. And there is so much more that he may have in store for you if you trust your captain and follow him. Well, if someone like Simon Peter can be on Jesus's team, it's good news, isn't it? because it means we all can. So can I ask you this morning, as we finish, this little thing at the bottom of your sheet there, am I on Jesus' team? Am I just sort of wondering about it, thinking about what it's like, but actually haven't joined up and said to Jesus, you're my master and you're my Lord? And maybe just this morning is a reminder that anybody and everybody is welcome but you do need to sign up and join the team. And then, you know, it's not always easy being on Jesus' team. We may have found this in the past week. We have things in our minds that worry us. How, how does living on Jesus' team make dealing with that situation different? It's not always easy, and people perhaps will tease us and make fun of us for being on Jesus' team. But actually, we need to remember that being on Jesus' team is ultimately be on the winning team. It may not look like it now in our country today, but before the whistle blows and the match is over and the world comes to an end, our star player, the captain himself, will return to score the winning goal. And so I hope you are on Jesus' team. And if you're not, but want to take that step, well, at the back of church on that little welcome desk, information desk, a little leaflet called Journey into Life, Take it away and read it. It'll show you how to join the team. But if you are on the team, well, wear his colours this week. Don't wear any different colours, but wear his colours, whatever you're doing, wherever you go, and enjoy the privilege of being on his team. And you won't be alone. His spirit will go with you. Let's just pray together. Father God, would you please give us that sense of wonder that Peter had that day, Simon, who became Peter, that joy and privilege of being on your team. We pray you'd help us to live for you this week, 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.